Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The rest of the drive to Innock was peaceful enough, though I had to double up on meds to yank me out of my funk. I had no idea when I pulled into Innock, save that it was sometime in the middle of the night. Despite its proximity to Nighthead, the place was still on the traditional side of the clock, except for the library. Its academic resources likely made it a hotspot for Nocturne scholars rendering the establishment one of the town's few concessions to Nighthead's nocturnalism. Enoch was barely a city, if a city was defined by its absence of nature's intrusions. The surrounding forest was granted wide liberties to wander wherever it would. The Heckin Witch House, a large wood-thatched temple of sorts that soared above the tree line, explained the city's accommodation, or more accurately, veneration, of the woods. And it was indeed a heckin' order that owned and operated the library. Though what order in particular, I could never remember. Heckin' groups were as varied as snowflakes, the whole movement having changed quite a bit since reforming after the fall of its previous incarnation, Wiccanism. Now it incorporated far darker elements, to say nothing of elbowing itself near the top of the world's dominant religions. Though Heckens tended to frown upon the use of the word religion to sum up their beliefs. Still, despite their wildly different approaches to worship, or whatever they did, nature of some kind generally figured into it. The group at the library had a thing for trees, which stood scattered all over the inside of the place, along with a little stream that gurgled through the reading rooms. It all made for a pretty ephemeral atmosphere. My internal monologue was wearing thin. The image of the young man from the back seat intruded again, holding up his nod and bloody stump. I couldn't stop wondering what else I might have been able to do for him, but really the answer was clear, or... At least at that moment, it seemed clear. I should have tried harder to defend him, used my gifts a little more freely. I had to keep reminding myself that those gifts weren't exactly crowd-friendly, especially at night. Without having my head screwed on right, there was no telling the kind of horror show I might whip up, 
The poor man's only consolation was the way his killers bit it. <laughs> Literally. While I wasn't much of a forensics gal, it looked to me like the things, whatever they might have been, died trying to eat themselves. One had apparently choked on its own arm, lodged halfway down its throat at the elbow. Another looked like it ripped out its own innards, scattering them every which way as if searching for the tastiest organ of the bunch. After parking in the lot behind the library, which was little more than a gravel drive hemmed by wildflowers and heaps of unkempt bushes, I could have sworn I heard that tune again. The Candyman ditty. Yet my mind wasn't to be trusted. It had sipped itself nearly drunk off of all the strangeness. Consequently, I was looking forward to a long, deep dive into some dusty book or another to pull myself together. Once atop the massive flight of stone stairs, I dropped the knocker three times on the door of petrified wood. Almost immediately, the lantern above my head lit up and the door opened, revealing a wizened old woman. A blood-red robe poured down from her narrow shoulders. She smelled of woods after rain, and a dazzling emerald mask surrounded piercing green eyes made for springing secrets. I felt the need to break contact with them immediately. I flashed my library card, which cost three times more than the car I'd arrived in. After a glance at my permission slip, she turned and melted into the shadows that draped the wide room brimming with ancient books, several of them sealed away in glass cases, <laughs> requiring a caliber of library card far more expensive than my own. As I thought, the atmosphere was all too conducive for distraction, and I had more incentive than usual to indulge in a dream. But the pills I'd popped were doing a decent enough job, keeping me grounded and on task, so I headed to the shelves to seek out all I could find on Marrow's. After a brief perusal, I compiled a hefty stack of promising books, one in particular, The Color of Secrets. It was a heavily redacted version, scaled to the cost of my library card, no doubt, but I hoped it would do the trick. I got nowhere with the eel dream, but a bit of insight concerning Marrow's current benefactor did pop up. And Augustus Kilroy was listed in Dorian Belisario's Shadow Bloods, a book intended to name and expose families in league with evil forces. The book had been all the rage during the new witch trials of the early aughts. Of course, the rise of Hekka had put a fairly bloody end to all that noise. And good for them, too. According to the brief entry, the Kilroys were fairly close with the Calistagos, a rich family out of Nighthead. Seems the Kilroys imported the rare berries the Calistagos used in their own brand of berry wines, berries that only grew in the swamps south of the city. The author outs the Calistagos as worshippers of Sathanas, the night god, and even goes so far as to suggest their bloodline is contaminated by creatures that lurk the mythical city beneath Nighthead, a place called Undor. 
The fact that there was some intermarriage between the Kilroys and the Calistagos put the European winemakers on Belisario's list. Given the connection between the two families, Isaiah's hunch about Garrett reporting us to someone in Knighthead seemed even more likely. The bit about the royal family of Marrows wasn't enough to justify my trip, though, and I was bound to believe there was more to my dream of the eel child. I was willing to upgrade my library card to the Platinum Edition, or whatever they called it, if it brought me some more clues. I sought out the old woman in the mask for help, though I regretted it the second she laid into me with those X-ray eyeballs of hers. <laughs> Made me want to take out my contacts and fight fire with fire. I'm looking for something concerning strange occult births, uh, specifically animals giving birth to humans or humanoids, that sort of thing. Anything with relevant folklore or myth cycles would be enormously helpful. I liked places where you could just lay it all out, not worry about what you sounded like. This sort of request probably came up a dozen times a day. Well, I can see you're already familiar with the night plague of New Victoria, that business with the night mothers. So I imagine you're looking for something besides that. Those damned eyes of hers. I decided to let my own answer the question, ramping up their glow well beyond what the contacts could conceal. It seemed to do the trick. Uh, yes, of, of course, of course. You would probably find our more complete version of the color secrets quite useful. It's located in our Adamus Gulliver collection. I should have pulled that trick last time. She didn't even mention charging me for the privilege. The special collection rooms were in the basement, and I had to take a cargo elevator down to them. Turns out the basement wasn't a basement at all. It was a cave that had been repurposed to the needs of the library. The rough stone had only been worked where absolutely necessary, allowing its natural prehistoric geometry to predominate. There were several rooms that had been chiseled just enough to tame the uneven floors and shore down the overhanging stalactites, whatever was needed to allow for shelving in a small reading desk. All the lighting, like above, was afforded by candles and lanterns. Suffice to say, the vibe down there made for a tempting place to dream. All that ancient darkness clutched within the grip of the earth. <laughs> I was likely casting the oldest shadow I ever had. Sometimes the meds weren't all they're cracked up to be. Still, I dared not try my luck with dreaming. There was no telling the kind of hell I could catch from a place like that. A repository filled with the darkest wisdom the Heckins could get their hands on. It was the first time I'd seen a fully intact copy of The Color of Secrets. The original manuscript, it had been transcribed from what was supposedly found inside a petrified tree a hodgepodge of strange poems and pictures that yielded some rather portentous insights into the goings-on of both the visible and unseen world. Rumor held that it also spontaneously added and subtracted pages from time to time. Hefting the gigantic copy from its pristine glass case, I lugged it to a reading table and cracked it open down the center. 
there's no better place to start than the middle. It was hard to stay on track, what with the candles, the underground, and the ancient mysterious book. But the creatures in Gunther and the want to come away from this misadventure with something to show for it kept me steady enough. The hours piled into the twilight, but at last I found something of use. A series of pictures. A dark pit filled with horrible shapes, and a demonic humanoid lifting them up beyond its rim. In the next picture, the horrible shapes, spirits I think, became animals. There were cows and wolves and bears to name a few. The final image, the one that cemented my interest, showed fields of these animals, all dead, their bellies ripped open, and children standing up from within the bloody cavities, black crowns resting atop their heads. The passage hovering over the series of pictures read, Put out of darkness, the old kings returned, their dusky crowns hidden beneath the pages of stolen skin. In forgotten places, the ancient children gather to worry the world once again. Normally, on long car rides, I like to roll down the windows and listen to the wind howl by. But as I made my way back to the airport, I wasn't feeling it. To keep my mind nailed to the matter at hand, I slid the next audio tape from the Discovery team into the player. I figured old Dr. Mercer Boley could keep me company. Uh, made me wonder if we'd ever get the chance to meet the fine folks of Discovery Team 27. July 10. It's about 2 in the a.m., and I and the rest of the team have been drawn out of our rooms by strange noises. Noises that seem to be emanating from the shoreline. It would be hard to believe that we are the only ones hearing all of this, but, so far as I can see, no one from the village has responded at all. None of the nearby houses have so much as lit their porch lights. I can only hope this handheld is picking up all the noise. It's absolutely horrific. Stanley, my lad, can you see anything with the infrared binoculars? No, Doctor, not a thing. What in the heavens is it? Whatever it is, it's getting closer. Perhaps it might be a sound idea to make our way back to our rooms. Quickly now, all of you. We've retreated to our rooms within Mr. Edward Cutty's house. The noises have changed somewhat, but are no less noticeable than before. Being indoors, I'm not certain how clear my recording of them will be to you. Mr. Cutty! Good God, man! Will you please come out of your room? Can you not hear that? Mr. Cutty, I must insist you come out and bear witness to all of this. Have you no idea what's making those horrible sounds? It ain't my place to be listening to that which don't concern me none. Now, I recommend y'all do the same. Stuff whatever you gotta into your ears. And try not to give it no never mind. My god, man! You can't be serious! Why, that sound is positively otherworldly! Lylesburg, quickly! Set up the recording equipment and aim it out of the window towards the lake! 
Now, don't be doing that. You're liable to get us all killed. We ain't to make no records of anything, you understand? Now put away that guy camera, lest I turn you out of my house. That'll be quite enough from you, Mr. Cutty. We are sanctioned through the Department of Reclamation to perform a thorough examination of this city, and that includes any and all abnormalities, which this phenomenon clearly qualifies. Now, if you persist in trying to stop us from performing our duties, I'll be forced to have one of our minders subdue you. Do you understand? Y'all ain't got the sense of a turnip, you damn fools. Y'all want to end up on the other side? Lost forever? Just ignore him and try to get as much of it on the equipment as you can. But, Dr. Foley, maybe... That is your job, Mr. Klein. Now, lest you wish to be reported for insubordination, I suggest you man that camera. <laughs> now y'all gonna do it. July 10. We've all been run out into the night. By what, I cannot say. But I must stay hidden and quiet for now. I will seek out the others as soon as the sun rises. July 10. Morning. We've all gathered outside of Mr. Cutty's home. What's left of it? Our former host is almost certainly dead, as his home has been utterly destroyed with him inside, unfortunately. Apparently he chose not to flee with the rest of us, the captain going down with the ship, and all that, perhaps. A few locals are here with us now, supplying us with food and drink, assisting in the search for Mr. Cutty's body. They claim to have heard nothing save for a storm over the lake, and that the thing that crushed Edward's home was nothing less than a freak waterspout turned tornado. Naturally, this explanation is complete rubbish, but I can see that they will see it no other way, or someone else, or something else, will allow them to see it no other way. July 10, early afternoon. A rather expensive car is only now departing the ruin of our deceased benefactor's home, whose body has still not been discovered. The driver, who did not speak to answer a single question, merely delivered a handwritten note, which reads, In light of recent and tragic events, I do hope you will all accept my invitation to spend your remaining days in Marrow's at my estate. Perhaps we can have our interview over dinner, eagerly awaiting your arrival, Baltus Kilroy. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, and the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the Sleep-Wake Cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, 
head over to Maltopia.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 